hey guys shit's about to get real don't listen to this if you're a child this is this is the graphic content and buckle up and hold on tight or something okay. saying we talk about really rough shit but we also talk about really fun stuff too i'm sarah i'm renee this is Kill us now. Kill us now. What are we talking about today, Renee? I'm going to talk to you about the Punisher skull and the alt-right and everything in between. That is exciting. So, for people who don't know, give a little brief intro about alt-right. Because I had to ask you what it was because I really didn't know. Um, so, the alt-right is this, I think, essentially an extremist right-wing conservative kind of group that pretty much is like neo-nazi and white supremacists so trash absolute fucking <laughs> trash horrible so horrible all human. trash all trash yeah. every bit of it okay i'm really excited to hear about this yay so let's hear what you got cool so the punisher skull are you familiar with what that looks like it's yes cool. okay yes you see it everywhere right? i see it everywhere on guys t-shirts on the back of their big jacked up trucks yeah because they think they are the punisher <laughs> yeah so do you are you familiar with the punisher so i know that there are movies uh-huh. and i think they're comic books too right yes i haven't watched a movie or read any of the comic books okay so it started as a comic book okay um it's first his first appearance um was in spider-man episode 129 okay um, and that was in 1974. And he was a bad guy. Yes. Okay. He was a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Okay. Um, and so it's a Marvel-based thing. So Marvel and DC are kind of like the big comic book people. Yes. Um, DC has Batman, um, stuff like that. It tends to be really dark. Marvel has um, the Avengers. It's more comic. I actually like, I like DC. Uh-huh better because it is darker yeah when i watch uh marvel it's just too like kitschy and funny and they make jokes i it's, don't like that shit yeah it's like a lot of fantasy too. yeah yeah i mean it's like thor and like spider-man it's not a lot of their characters aren't rooted in like human aspects it's like more superhuman fantasy yeah mm-hmm. like a super superhuman yeah, yeah yeah that's right so the punisher is actually kind of more in line with like the dc world okay and that He's a dark human character. He's dark. I like no it. Super, like, no <laughs> superhuman strength. So he, the the backstory, his name's Frank Castle. Okay. Um, he goes, he's a Vietnam War vet. Yes. And he comes back and he, his mob, the mob kills his wife and his two kids. I would be pissed too. And I can't, I don't blame him. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm going to do whatever I can. Punisher. Um. Yeah, so he was a sniper in the Marine Corps, and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill everyone involved. I'm going to kill you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so he becomes this vigilante. Um, vigilante. And basically, he's just like, if you do bad things, I'm going to get rid of you. And he knows he's a terrible person. He in no way thinks he's a hero. And you see that in his um, 
in like the recent TV series that Netflix did. Yeah. Like he's like struggles with what he's dealing with, like what he's go what he's doing. And yeah. He's like I'm not anyone to look up to. I'm a fucking terrible person. I I murder people. But he only murders bad guys. So is he a bad person? Yeah. I mean <laughs> he's he's an anti hero. Anti hero. Yeah. Okay. So He's also really methodical and yeah, crack that beer. <laughs> Can you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to do it so quiet. <laughs> crack it. Beer time. Yay. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Cheers. Clink, clink. So the Punisher skull, like how it gets worked in with Frank Castle is he basically is like dressed all in black. He's all snipered out. Okay. And he paints this skull on his chest. Um, which originally designed was for the Totenkopf. It's a German word, and I'm okay. probably pronouncing it wrong. Totenkopf? Okay. Totenkopf. Okay. So it's basically skull and cross- crossbones. Mm-hmm. The death, I think was it called Dead's Head, is the literal translation cool. Translation of it. Deadhead. Um, and is a symbol, a defiant symbol of death. So it's just like, f- fuck off. Uh, okay. So basically, he paints it on his chest. Yeah. It's where he has extra armor. Okay. And it's a way for him. He's all in black. Yeah. And he's got this white ass skull. Skull. So he's like, if I do this, they're going to shoot here because that's what they can <gasps> see. It's where he's got the extra but armor. But he's got armor. Smart. Yeah. Smart as fuck. Smart. Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah. <laughs> way to go. <laughs> um, And so what distinguishes this? punisher skull from just every other skull is it's got these long um like teeth yeah the, the long yeah fang teeth and um and some of the the drawings i saw it was actually like his i don't know what they're called the the belt with the with all like the shoot em bang bang oh shit the belt that you put your guns in no not the holster but like the utility belt yes yes yeah so Maybe. he would carry like larger like I guess ammo or whatever. Yeah. On the front part. And that essentially was the teeth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, know. every kind of illustrator draws it different. differently. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the basis of the skull. Okay. And Punisher. So, um, it was created by Jerry Conway and, um, the illustrators, for the original were um, John Ramita Sr. and Ross Andrew. If I pronounce any of those wrong, I'm sorry. But Sound good to me. They could find me and I could be like, thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Comics, even though recently it's really kind of ventured out, mm-hmm. um, become more popular. But it's like, how did this guy from the 70s become, how did this punisher skull get to be everywhere I mean, yeah. you see it fucking everywhere i see it all over the place so chris kyle chris kyle who's the american sniper guy oh shit he kind of brought it to to the culture okay so he i guess joined uh what is it the marines the marines yeah um in 2001 right before 9-11 yeah so right after, um, I think it was like March or May, beginning of the year yeah. is when he um, graduated. And then, so when 9-11 happened, oh, uh, he went over in Iraq. And yeah. um, basically one of his like 
one of the commanding officers was like, we're going to put this on, on all our stuff. And they put it on all of their, their, um, Mm, things that they wear. I don't know. Their fatigue. Yeah. 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 Their equipment. They would like spray paint it on like places. Oh shit. They were like hardcore going in with this. Yeah. Old Punisher thing. They called themselves the Punisher. All right. Well. The Punishers, I think. You yeah. don't die today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what they did. They. Yeah. They fucking. They. That's what they. Yeah. Sniper. Boom. They went in there and killed people. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, So there's actually a quote from Chris Kyle that said, we all thought what the Punisher did was cool. He righted wrongs. He killed bad guys. He made wrongdoers fear him. That's what we were all about. So we adapted his symbol, a skull, made it our own with some modifications. Not really. Um, We spray painted it on our Hummers, our body armor, and our helmets, and all our guns. We spray painted it on every building or wall we could. We wanted people to know we are here and we want to fuck with you. <laughs> it was our version of Psychops. You see us? We're the people kicking your ass. Fear us because we will kill you, motherfucker. Wow. You are bad. We are badder. We are badass. End quote. Okay. So. They were really, they were really into... That, yeah, so it seemed like that became the symbol for um, America fighting this war. So that existed over there. It existed over there so much that, like, Iraqi soldiers now, it's everywhere in Iraq, apparently. Still? Mm-hmm. Wow. And they don't really understand what it is, but it's just everywhere. Yeah. Because it's what they've seen. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's... It's That's a very symbol, yeah, symbol of that moment in time of like Iraqi freedom or whatever the fuck they called it. I yeah, don't know. yeah. Did you see that movie, American no, Sniper? I didn't see it. It was so good. Yeah, so you did see it. I did see it. I saw it in theaters. Okay, so the book came out in 2012. Yeah. Uh, the movie came out in 2014. It mm-hmm. filmed in 2014. Yeah. Um, and he died in 2013. Oh shit. Well, the end of the movie. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> It'll get you. Yeah. He gotcha. Yeah. Or in the gut. Yeah. It was just, it was like a, another Marine that killed him. Yeah. But he was, he had like mental issues. Oh, PTSD. Yeah. yeah. PTSD. Sucks. Yeah. And I think this was, this was one of the hardest things to do because I have so many feelings. Feelings. I know. I got the feelings it. too. <laughs> I do. I have all the feelings. Yeah. We're like, ah. Oh. Why are we talking about war? I have strong feelings about that. I have strong feelings about the police, which is the next thing, because mm, not the band. Yeah, I do have strong feelings about the police, the band. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny we're talking about this because I just listened to a podcast on True Crime Obsessed, uh-huh. where they watched the Dixie Chicks documentary. Yes, and I it talked to about that. like the rise and fall of Dix- Dixie Chicks because of their political. political- stuff yeah. which they really didn't no even want it to be they weren't thinking of it like that they yeah. just kind of said something in passing and when they turned around it was like this whole big ordeal yeah and crazy people like burning their cds in the street yeah how about their fucking manager that was like oh well, maybe we can use this for our advantage <laughs> no yeah the manager seemed to <laughs> like he was not very smart i love the i still love the dixie chicks yeah. i love them then i like them now they're great. They are good. Yeah. So, war. War. <laughs> uh, what is a good home? Yeah. 
absolutely nothing. No, I mean that's true. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. nothing. I don't. I I don't think that if so. I feel like if someone. Th- this is my opinion on it. Yeah. Because I feel like it. I worry that all my research and all my stuff does have some bias to it because of how I feel. But yeah. um, I don't think people should go off and fight wars unless they want to. Yeah. That's it. And I think if you don't have enough people to fight your fucking wars, then you, you probably shouldn't have one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, like, you just got to deal with that. That's how yeah. everything everything else works. And I think that the way the military is... I don't need to get on, into all the way. So that's, like, 2000... Early 2000s, we'll say. Yeah. And then... So this exists over there. Mm-hmm. And then people finish up their tours. They come back to the States. A high majority of ex uh military become police officers okay that makes sense yeah yeah um the data was super like there's no real data on how many veterans become police Police. officers Mm -hmm. super weird um but i was seeing a bunch of different numbers and just like small sample sizes people being like this is just in my town but it seems to be around a third of the police officers have a military background okay okay so Basically, they brought the Punisher skull with them. It was this proud thing symbolized this moment in time for them. Yeah. So they kind of bring it with them. There was actually like a group. I can't remember where. I didn't write it down in my notes. But there was a group of police officers in like the mid 2000s that um, actually called themselves the Punishers. See, I don't think that's a smart. It's It means something completely different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't make sense for police to have this symbolism of whatever that quote you just said, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. That is, that's completely irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. So, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. it get it got to the point. Okay, so. I mean, um, unless it meant something different for the police than it did for the uh marines i don't know but i mean i feel like if you're using the punisher skull it means what the punisher is yeah which is a vigilante who does not follow the law in any sort of fashion vigilante yeah vigilante (laughs) you're the you're a cop you're not a vigilante (laughs) you're not a you you are the thing to uphold the law yeah you're supposed to be going after the vigilantes yeah so um yeah so uh there's actually a police um group of police group? yeah i don't know squad what it's squad crowd in kentucky mm-hmm. there were um a s- group of police guys whatever um a town where the police commission commissioner uh they had like eight patrol cars or whatever like that so they ended up on the hood of their patrol car they put the Punisher skull. Stop. I would riot in the street. And underneath, they put Blue Lives Matter. Fuck that. Yeah. I mean, Blue Lives do matter. But those two things together. You don't want that on your cop car. Exactly. Yeah. What are you doing? So. I would burn my bra in the street. I'm not dealing with that. I can't. Yeah. So this I was can't. in 2017. This was 2017 2017 it's 2020 (laughs) 
That is, yeah. I was expecting you to say like a long time ago. No. Like I can't even believe that they're allowed. This is Kentucky? This is Kentucky, yeah. Kentucky, get your shit together. Well, they kind of did. Good, because I can't. So the town, I got weird like conflicting views. So I read um, from two different uh, newspaper articles in that area. Yeah. And one of them was like just facts the other person was like although the the townspeople have no issue with it people from outside the town do and it's like i don't think that's whatever um well yeah so, you, they better not have any issues with it because they're gonna the cops will kill them if yeah. they do <laughs> <laughs> so there's actually uh i have a quote from the police chief who said we were getting so many calls and they were saying that the punisher logo means we're out to kill people and that's not the meaning behind that that didn't even cross my mind. Oh, police chief. Yeah. I can't with you. And he, he was, knows what it means. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I guess next time I'll like look into it. Yeah. Me. If you're going to put decals on your fucking car. Yeah. Do a little research first. Like understand what you are doing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It can't so, be. The dude is called the Punisher. It can't be like. The happiest thing in the world. <laughs> it's right there in the name. It's, it's right there. It's right the there. The Punisher. Um, oh, God. Help me, Lord. Yeah, so they they basically don't see it as that. The police, they see it as... It basically got tied into this thin blue line. Okay. Which, if someone knows about this, I really want them to like reach out. Maybe you know about it. A thin blue line? Yeah. What is that? Because everything I was... So, I, it's the... On the back of the cars? Well, the, yeah. So, I mean... The it, blue lines? Yes. Yeah. So, in the in the the flags, which I did not know wasn't just an American thing, it's uh, worldwide. Oh, I didn't know that so, either. I thought that was a complete American thing. No, I was seeing, like, the Canadian flag, the, the British flag, um, the Israeli flag all like thin blue line okay and that term actually has been around for forever yeah there was a movie on it and all that stuff but it kind of got adopted um police adopted that term because mm-hmm. it was used for military mm-hmm. um and in like the 60s or 70s police kind of took that on yeah um and then basically it really kind of blew up after the 2014 Michael Brown shooting uh-huh. in Ferguson, and then the cops got shot um, in New York. So yeah. it became a movement, kind of like Black Lives Matter, and like in um, conflict with. Okay. Which is fucked up. Yeah. That bothers the shit out of me. Yeah. <sighs> well, it's because it's like, I felt like it's they're trying to negate yes. like oh well you have something oh well we have something like it's not about that it's not about one-upping each other yes like it was just all like you know yeah I, I know what you mean it's I like it, yeah mean. it's ignoring the problem and yeah and it's like it's a fucking same thing you've been t- anyway yeah yeah, yeah no, strong feelings it. yeah strong feelings um when I looked up thin blue line I was like all right so when did this start like what's the deal behind it um because I see like a bunch of merch but that's all I see. Yeah. And there is like the Thin Blue Line USA, the Thin Blue Line shop, the thinbluelineorg the thinbluelineorg.net. There seems to be all of these things. See, I don't know if I know. I See, I thought you were talking about the decals on the back of the cars. I yeah. was thinking, but I, I don't, I didn't know it was so. 
big. I remember I a movie called The Thin Blue Line. Yeah. So what it looked like to me, and I yeah. could totally be wrong, yeah. but it looked like people used this, are using this Thin Blue Line, Blue Lives Matter, police-like support mm-hmm. as a way to make money. Oh. That they buy the shit out of it. So there's just all these different, like, Thin Blue Lines. So is Thin Blue Line, is this like a uh, an... A symbol, an image, or is it a? It's just a, a group. It's what is it's it? a term that people are using to make money. Oh. I th- I think. Okay. Well, um, you're probably right. Yeah. There's a foundation that like helps support uh like places police officers that have died. Yeah. And stuff like that, but it's just everything I see seems very topical. Yeah. And not like even the foundation like. I work with a nonprofit and I run their website and yeah. I know the things that you want to put on a nonprofit website and right. it just wasn't there. Hmm. And it, it just seemed like what's really going on. Cause if you're fucking just trying to use police support to make money yeah, and like pushing that, like there, there's such a um, heated environment around police officers in America that like, if you're using that for monetary gain, yeah, that's super fucked up. It's super trash. And if you're pushing that like divide. Yeah. And that is kind of this big issue that a lot of police, um, places, there's a word, police agencies, police agency. That's not it. Police station, police, police stations. I don't know. Police jail. (laughs) (laughs) I think those are separate. (laughs) um anyway police headquarters yeah i know what you mean they the big issue is that when they use things like this it creates an us and them yeah it's a separation yeah and yeah. it creates this divide and with police officers that's not what you want you want to have unity yeah you want unity part of the community you want them to protect you at as a community yeah member. yeah um so yeah that uh, it just seems to be everywhere which makes sense because of the military but it's also like that's not that's not what that it's, means uh, it's different it's it's just yeah. different you can't not use that symbol for a police yeah you just can't yeah and i see the punisher skull like okay so if you go to like one of these thin blue line websites mm-hmm. they have the punisher skull with that like they do with the thin blue line no yeah Whoa, whoa, whoa. On everything. Oh, my gosh. I think I've seen this with the blue line actually in the Punisher skull. Yes. So it's like the American flag with the the black and white flag with the the line through it. Okay. They are fuck. It's everywhere. Oh, my gosh. So now that you say it, like, I've I've seen it. Yeah. I just don't really ever pay that much attention to it. I fucking saw it on TV. Someone had a fucking lapel pin next to his American flag. Was the Punisher skull. And I was like, there's no way that fucking guy's a comic book fan. Yeah. Oh, no. No. No way. No. Half these people out here are not comic book fans. I mean, come on. And that's the thing. is like, okay, if you are a comic book fan, you really enjoy uh, the story behind the Punisher. It has a lot of great value. It's it's a great uh, piece. Um, Yeah. But it's like, if you like that and you support police officers, that's the perfect thing for you. But that's not what's being 
That's not what's happening. Right. People Oh my gosh, don't this is see so it. wild. Yeah, people Amanda's don't see blown. it as the Punisher skull. I'm going to see that everywhere now. Yeah. Like, I'm going to see it on cars and I'm going to be like, you fucking dick. <laughs> so, <laughs> the first time I was really aware that this was a thing that happened was someone came into the sign shop and they wanted um, this decal put on the back of their truck. Yes. So, I cut it for him. It was the Punisher skull. And I'm installing it. So I'm in the bed of his truck, installing it on the back glass. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, oh, so you're a fan of, of Punisher. I didn't even ask him if he was a fan. I was just like, hey, have you checked? Have you seen the new Netflix series? Like, what'd you think of it? He was like, what? Yeah. It was almost exactly. <laughs> what was you like, talking what? about? And I was like, oh, the, the skull. I just assumed you're a fan of Punisher. And he's like, no, I just like the way the skull looks. I'm like, oh, God, come on. You can't do that, bro. You yeah. gotta know what the shit you're putting on the, your car. Yeah. Come on, man. And I was just like, oh, I was super excited that someone was like such a big fan of the Punisher. No, he just thought it looked cool. Yeah. Is this a younger probably, guy? Yeah. Okay. Like late 20s early thirties. He's like my age. Anyway, our age, but also in about 2017 where like the Punisher skull gets adopted into like super badness. Yeah. In not a good way. Um, was the, there was the, uh, are we about to talk about the really bad stuff? Unite the white. Oh, oh, sorry. Unite the right. Um, that, fucking rally that happened in 2017 yeah that's they they used it they used, they used the that yeah unite the right yeah which We're- was a bunch of neo-nazis and uh white supremacists and Ugh. yeah they stole the punisher skull because they steal everything white supremacists well, they do they don't have an original thought in their no white head no <laughs> yeah so, and I have a theory. I think what they do is I think they take those symbols that are kind of already out there in the world. Yeah. So that they, when they take it and start using it, it looks like they're, they're following as more. Yeah. Because people. Well, because people are already using it. Yeah. And if you use something that people are already using, then they can be like, oh. Yeah. That's a- Look at all these people using our stuff. Yeah. They and need an like- in-house designer. <laughs> Well, no one's going to fucking work with them. <laughs> I wouldn't work for them. I'm just saying, get your shit together. Like, bring it down. Um, so, yeah. Because you know what white supremacists and neo-Nazis, well, just Nazis, what they did, what they stole, was the fucking swastika. The, yeah. The swastika. The swastika. Yeah. Yeah. Which, fun fact, there's um a book that... A graphic designer, Stephen Heller, mm-hmm. he wrote that's called The Swastika Symbol Beyond Redemption, where he talks about how, like, how the swastika was pre-World War Two and post-World War Two. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to show you some shit. Show me, show me, show me some stuff. Yeah, because I, I actually didn't didn't know this but you did tell me that before you know world war ii the swastika meant like a peaceful yeah swastika fine eating california fruit so the images are of coca-cola yeah the 
swastika being used in advertising, American advertising. This is pre-World mm-hmm. War II. This is like in the 30s. Okay. See, I don't think a lot of people know this. So, yeah. Renee just showed me all these advertising pieces, <laughs> like Coca-Cola, where they use this symbol yeah. in, in these in these advertisements. Yeah. It's a it's a swastika. Looks like a keychain or something like that. The has drink Coca-Cola. <laughs> on a swastika symbol. Yeah. So, it just meant something... Yeah, it, it was, didn't mean what it means now. No. Yeah. But, I mean, it's been, that's what people think of now. That's like, what I think of. That's yeah. The, when, if I see some dude walking around or some girl walking around with yeah. a swastika tattoo, I'm like, Sarah sized hole in the door. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> so the crazy thing is, like, if I didn't know about this book, I, I don't know about kind of random like coca-cola stuff from like yeah. the 1920s but i would have been like wait was fucking coca-cola like a, on the nationalist party or something like yeah. were they nazis <laughs> but no, they weren't coca-cola i love them yeah i mean they are red <laughs> their main color is red <laughs> maybe they were no i don't think so <laughs> that's why i drink pepsi yeah just kidding i love you i love you coca-cola <laughs> so other people that uh had used it prior to world war ii yeah. prior to the nazis was the boy scouts and the girls club of america they both use the- called their magazine swastika okay so it was it was uh, it's always been called swastika yeah okay it's like a sanskrit name okay gotcha so i got some quotes okay so let's go back to the the real Punisher and, okay. and the people that made it. Let's do it. Jerry Conway, the creator. Yes. This is what he has to say. What does Jerry say? He says, to me, it's disturbing whenever I see authority figures embracing Punisher iconography because the Punisher represents a failure of the justice system. The vigilante anti-hero is fundamentally a critique of the justice system, an example of social failure, so when cops put the Punisher's skull on their cars or members of the military wear Punisher skull patches, they're basically siding with the enemy of the system. Literally. Or sides of the enemy of the system. Quote from the creator of the Punisher yes. skull. The creator said. Yes. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Cops, for you to have this shit on your car and on your... Uh, whatever yeah don't make no sense no don't do it he compares it to putting the confederate flag on a government building that's exactly that is that could not be more perfect of a what do you call it a metaphor which i think it's mississippi or alabama one of those like super southern states yeah have the confederate flag in their fucking state flag no that's it yeah i mean that doesn't really surprise me but yeah, and I see these people, like, riding around with the Confederate flag and, like, an American flag. And it's like, dude, those don't, those two things I, don't I exist. I saw a truck today. <laughs> I was on my way home from work, and there was a, a young boy. He could not have been older than se- 16 or 17 years old, like, not a day older. And he was driving this massive truck, which I'm sure his mommy and, mommy and daddy bought for him. And he has two flags on the back of his truck flapping in the wind. One is an American flag and one is um, the Confederate flag. And I'm like, you, 
for one, you are too young to even understand what the fuck you are doing right now. Yeah. Get that shit. I mean, if you want to, I don't, I can't, like, I'm getting all riled up right now. Yeah. Like, you're, you don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. You probably don't even know what this means. No. They just, he probably just knows what his parents have told him. Yeah. And his parents. Or his friends. Yeah. Which I'm sure all his friends are probably out running around doing the same thing. Yeah. Such a difficult one. This is, a, you guys, you guys, <laughs> this is such a difficult episode, but I'm glad we're doing it. Yes. I'm glad we're doing it. And by the way, can I just, let me just preface by saying I have police in my family. My cousin mm-hmm. is a police officer. I love police officers. Yeah. The good ones. There are a few out there that are just crooked and they, I don't know. I love cops. Yeah. I love cops. If I'm ever in trouble, I'm going to call one. (laughs) Like, yeah, I like, I like police officers. Yeah. The ones in Graham are awesome. I'm just saying we got some good cops in Graham. I think we also have some bad ones, but that's like in every town. Yeah. That's just human nature. You get a bunch of people together. You're going to have good ones and bad ones. Yeah. I don't want people to think that we're sitting over here like bashing, you know, police bashing. We're not. We're just talking about. Yeah. You know. Like I have nothing, no issues with military or police or any of those things. Yeah. They have a, a very, um, they have a purpose, and yeah, I just don't agree when things expand beyond their purpose. Yeah, or forget what their purpose is. Yeah, and I feel like all of these are moments where people are forgetting what their purpose is. Yes. Yes. And they're just fucking not doing their research. I'm sorry. Just look, look it up. Just let's look just, it up. L- let's just like, <laughs> let's just take a minute or two, give it a goog, figure out what it means, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. So I have more quotes. Okay. Hit so it. John Bernthal yeah. is the actor who played Frank Castle in the Netflix series. Yes. Um, he was also in Walking Dead. Ooh. He played Shane. Ah, uh, yeah. The only reason I know that is because Robbie we used to watch it, and I'm like, oh, he would watch The Punisher. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's the guy from Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like in passing as I'm doing something else, I'm like, oh, yeah. Shane. Yeah. So I hated, hated. John Bernthal in as Shane on Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You didn't like his character. I liked nothing about him. Every time he went on the screen, I was like, "Oh, was it his face?" <gasps> it was a little bit his face. Yeah. But now when I look at his face, I'm like, I like his face. You like his face. I like his face because you like nice. the Punisher. I think, like, it, I think it might be. Also, I've like because I was so worried when I found out he was cast as the Punisher. I was like, "Fuck, I do not like this guy." Like I stopped watching The Walking Dead because he doesn't look like a Punisher. <laughs> he looks like too pretty. I don't want to say too pretty. He's an MMA fighter. Well, he just looks too soft. I want like a big, like scary, snaggle tooth, I mean, crooked eyeball guy to be the Punisher. Oh, okay. Like a really like like no, <laughs> like a grotesque. Like yes, I want him to be grotesque. <laughs> he had a like wife, hunched back wife and two kids and a limp. <laughs> That's who I want to be the Punisher. That's who I see in my head. I want the hunchback of Notre Dame to be the Punisher. Yes, hunchback like- of Notre Dame. <laughs> 
Oh, Lord. I would die. I bet them cops wouldn't put that shit on their car. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Okay. So this is what he has to say. Um, He did an Esquire interview, and that's where this came from. He says, I feel honored to play a guy who people putting their life on the line identify with. And then the um, person, because he was asking about, like, the military thing. He's just like, that's cool. They ask about, he... Then is asked about what about the alt writers? <laughs> Fuck them. <That's gasps> he said that. <laughs> yeah. Oh Shane. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like. Thank you. Oh. So there's also a quote from Thin Blue Line USA. Okay. Spokesperson Pete Forehand. So, kind of explaining the the use of it. He said it's adopted a new meaning over the last few years. Less of a violent overtone more of a promise to criminals that quote you might think you're getting away with it but it's karma okay if you're committing violent acts one way or another we will you will be meeting consequences so okay if the if that is what they're thinking in their head that it means Mm -hmm. then it doesn't sound as bad to me like if they know that it meant originally what it meant and they're still putting it on their cars that's fucked up but if they in their mind are perceiving it as whatever you just said yeah but that's not what it that's to me that sounds like they're just trying to are they trying to soften it to make themselves look better yeah okay that's what that's what it sounds like to me yeah i'll finish this up with uh conway Conway Twitty? No, not Conway. Oh, man. <laughs> Jerry Conway, the Jerry, creator. Jerry Conway. <laughs> uh, with his uh, res- kind of view on that. Um, he, say, he said, that's a very specific image that you can't say is tied to anything else. Anything except the Punisher. Right. It's like people saying the swastika was a Hindu symbol that means family and love. It was. Um, I think you have to take what the generally accepted interpretation and that's the one you should apply. Yeah. So basically like swastika is now Nazi and so it might mean peace and love, but don't go putting that shit on. Yeah. I wouldn't put it on anything because I'm not an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone, so to continue the, the quotes, everyone brings to it their interpretation and I have no problem with any of those. As long as there's a fundamental understanding that this guy is not a good guy. Okay. So, yeah, the creator's like, do interpret it as you want, but just know he's a fucking bad guy. He's a bad guy. So Frank Castle himself in the comics knows he's not a good person. Yeah. Like, he says, I'm a bad, I'm a bad guy. Yeah. I'm a bad guy. It's like, don't be like me. And um, they actually wrote a comic book um so after the police you know this whole issue with police using the punisher skull yeah they actually released a comic where frank castle confronts a cop police officers because they were like oh we love you like they wanted like pictures or something like that and he was just like look oh really yeah he's like i am not someone that you should be like idolizing or even liking if you do wrong i will kill you (gasps) Well, good. I'm yeah. glad that they did that. Yes. Um, that, yeah. I mean, that, that makes me happy that they did that. Yeah. Okay. I was like, way to go. So, 
after all of this. Yes. So it was super difficult to do. Yes. Um, my questions are, has, so the swastika, all, mm-hmm. all of these, um, even the Confederate flag, like, yeah. that's a, a, a symbol of hate now. It is. Uh, no matter what people say. It's people say ha- yes, yeah. it's a symbol of hate. Um, Period. Yeah. <laughs> so has too much damage been done already on the Punisher skull? Or is there a way to save that? No. No? No. I mean... No way to save it? I, I don't... What do you mean? What do you mean by, by save it? To turn around the narrative on the on the Punisher skull? Yeah, to take it back to, to comic books. Or is it forever lost to to people going using it as a excuse on killing people no there's no way you can i just don't you can't make people not use it in a negative way yeah you just can't just like you can't make people not use the confederate flag in a negative way you just can't yeah i mean just bury it yeah do you think it can change I want it to. I mean, I want it to because I think the comics are cool and the movies are cool and the shows are cool. But when you take something and then use it that had originally never intended it to be used for, it just sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think they should. um, Okay. Like maybe don't want your... Police officers put that shit on their car. Yeah. Because it looks bad. Like, it, it's intimidating. If I'm, like, driving down the road and I get pulled over as a, a young, f- white, I'm a woman, I'm a girl, and then a cop pulls me over and he's got this huge Punisher skull on the front of his car, I'm immediately like, oh, fuck, this is going to be bad. Yeah. Like, I'm scared. I'm intimidated. And I don't think... And that's the purpose of it. That's... Yeah, and I don't think that's what police need to per- portray. Yeah. Like, I, like, yeah, the scary. And yeah, I think it, I think it talks to a much bigger issue we have. Yeah. Regarding our police and yeah. our military. Yeah. And the fact that there's a lot of military in police. Yeah. And I, it's just not good training. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've um, never, I've never personally have never seen a cop car with that on there. No. Have you? I don't think I have. But I have seen, I have seen the decals of the Punisher skull with the blue, mm-hmm. um, with the the blue in it. So I I've have seen, it, seen that. Yeah. I've seen it like that. I've seen it with guns as the teeth. I've seen it. Yeah. Just in every which way. And I don't think. The person branding the skull knows anything about the Punisher. I don't think... I think if you went, who's the Punisher? They'd be like, I am. And <laughs> instead of like Frank Castle. <laughs> I'm the Punisher. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's crazy. And it's funny. It has an opposite effect on me. I am not um, intimidated by those that brandish it because i just think they're fucking idiots yeah well yeah Yeah. but you know more about the like because i I didn't read the comics or anything so i being someone who doesn't really know you know it's kind of like the hell why they got that shit on there like i don't know i mean it's a death mask it's like a it's It's a a scary skull yeah i mean i don't it's 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I guess, like, I was trying to look up to see. I was like, for sure, like, Marvel has sued people over it. And they yeah. have. There's There was a couple, like, lawsuits, but nothing, like, really too big. Yeah. Excuse me. I don't know how that's not. All of these appropriations are clearly the Punisher skull. I was gonna ask you. There has to have been some kind of lawsuits if if the if the police and the military are putting this symbol on all their stuff. There's got to yeah. be some kind of so something going on. There was like one lawsuit that I saw that was a a gun manufacturer that was, um, like printing it on all of their like magazines and and all their guns. Yeah. And Marvel was like, no, no, you can't do that. Don't well, do that. <laughs> I don't, maybe it's like a, well, they're, it's like a military thing. We're going to let them do it because they're military. Yeah. I mean, maybe they get a pass. I don't yeah. know. So I'm not sure, but whoa, that's the story of um, the Punisher skull, the Punisher skull and the alt-right. Yeah. And com- uh. comic book people and <sighs> like alt-right people. I mean, I'm I'm generalizing here, but I feel like they're so far apart. Yeah. And I don't think there's... I think in that Venn diagram, there's nothing there. There's nothing in the middle? If there are, then fuck. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I'm sure... I wonder if there are alt-right comics. I'm sure there... There's gotta be. Yeah. We need to Google it. Google. Give it a gig. It'll be bonus content. Bonus content. <laughs> alt-right comics. Alt-right comics. Yeah, that's my story. Sorry, it's not better. That's a good-ass story. No, Thank that you. was a really cool story. I learned a lot. Tell me about murder. Okay, so since you talked about the alt-right and the Punisher and kind of went into a little bit of, like, the Nazi situation, I'm going to talk to you about this guy, this crazy, weird, weirdo <laughs> named Josef Fretzel. So his name is Yosef. You might hear me say Joseph because... How's it spelled? I'm from North Carolina. J-O-S-E-F. Okay. Yosef. Yosef Fretzel. Okay. So I'm going to read you... Spell the last name because it sounds like you're saying pretzel. (laughs) (laughs) Pretzel. F-R-I-T-Z-L. Cool. Thank you. Okay. So Yosef Fretzel... Basically kidnapped his daughter and kept her in his basement for 24 years. Yes. So I'm going to read you. I read this, um, this article that a guy, Wes Halbrick wrote, and I'm going to read that to you first and then we'll get into it. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. Okay. The 17 year old opened her eyes in pitch black. Her head was spinning like the wheels on the bus she had hopped to Vienna some time ago. Pain coursed through every vein, muscle, and neuron as she attempted to steady herself and get off the cold concrete floor, its grit soiling her beautiful rust-colored hair. She could not see in the dark, humid cellar. When she blindly tried to get up, she was yanked back down with a tremendous force and the sound clank of chains attached to a metal loop in the floor. The dripping of water in another room and the scurry of rats and roaches somewhere close. The cellar's lock slowly started to turn. The sound of heavy footsteps on the creaking wooden stairs, then a flashlight beam blinding her, causing her adrenaline to pump 100 miles an hour, not knowing exactly what to expect. Little did Elizabeth know what happened next 
was but the start of her almost quarter century personal hell at the hands of the man she loved most in the world, her own father, the monster of Amsterdam, Josef Fretzel. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go back because I like to tell a little bit of backstories yes, please. about our criminals. So Josef's grandmother, her name was Anna, mm-hmm. she was in a loveless marriage with a miller. I didn't know what that was, so I Googled it, and it said, like, a someone who worked in the grain mm-hmm. mill. So, she was a sterile woman. So, her husband started having sex with all of the servants because he wanted a kid. Ugh. So, he just started having sex with everybody. One of the kids that he had with a servants, uh, her name was Maria, oh. which was Yosef's mother. Okay. So in 1934, Maria met a really poor drifter, and his name was Yosef. And on April 9th in 1935, the unmarried couple had a son, and his name was Yosef. Okay. But his last name was Fretzel because Maria didn't want to take him. <laughs> she was like, fuck you, I'm not taking your last name, which I'm here for. Yeah. Go, girl. Go. So this is in Austria? This is in Austria. Okay. Yes, this is in Austria. And so because he was Ill- he was an illegitimate kid mm-hmm. back in the 1930s, yeah. that was a bad thing. Yeah. So he was ostracized. He was chastised. He was mistreated. So his forensic psychiatrist, this is, um, this is what she said. The only emotion that Mr. Fretzel knew in his early years was fear. Fear for his mother and fear of his mother. She maltreated him without any obvious reason, and he never knew when it would come again. Yikes. Yeah. Why is it always the mom? It's always a mom thing. And <laughs> I swear, and every, you see, it's always a fucking mom thing. I don't know. There's so much pressure. Yeah. As a mom, it's like, fuck, I'm going to raise a serial killer. Yeah. Fuck. Now I'm like, God, okay, I can't let you fall and hit your head, because then you're going to turn into some like, oh, serial killer. My like, husband is super worried about that. that like, okay, a lot of serial killers, if you go back in their early years, they all have, like, some tra- traumatic head injury. Yeah. Q just likes to bang his head against everything. Well, Georgia falls all the time, so I'm like, please don't hit your frontal lobe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put a helmet on you, kid. Okay, so on March 12th, 1938, when uh, Yosef was almost three, Hitler's troops marched across the border into Amsterdam, and then a few days later, Hitler followed, mm-hmm. and he gathered this huge crowd, and Yosef, on top of his dad's shoulders, mm-hmm. was listening to Hitler. And later, he said that a lot of his um, ideas or the reason why he did stuff was yeah. because of Hitler. Okay. Because of him watching Hitler as he was a influenced. Young kid. Yeah, it was influenced by the fear. Mm. By the fear. I had to ask my husband what that meant because I had no idea. What does it mean? I forgot. Oh. It means... <laughs> <laughs> it means something like the emperor, a high person, okay. like a... I don't know, whatever. Okay. So in 1938, 99.7% of Austrians voted to become part of the Third Reich. Fuck. Yeah. And I didn't 90, know... What? 99.7%. Of the votes or of the people voted? Of of the of the Austrians vo- who voted. Okay. Excuse they me. wanted to become part of the Third Reich. I didn't know what the Third Reich was because oh, I suck yeah. at, hist- at history. 
So I Girl, gave it a goog. I know. I'm fine. I know it meant something bad. <laughs> um, Nazi Germany is also known as the Third Reich, meaning Third Realm or Third Empire, alluding to the Nazis' perception that Nazi Germany was the successor of the earlier Holy Roman and German empires. So Joseph Sr. was mm-hmm. a bad, dirty dog. Mm-hmm. He cheated on Maria. A lot. And so mm-hmm. Maria threw his ass out. Way to go, Maria. I'm here for that. <laughs> oh, wait, out. but she has problems too. Never mind. She's got massive problems. But she was right in this instance. So okay. when she threw him out, um, Yosef Jr. was, he was four. He was four mm-hmm. years old. And shortly after that, Yosef Sr. went to fight in World War II. So he okay. was on the Eastern Front fighting the, fighting the war. <clears throat> so this is a quote from Yosef Jr., I grew up in a poor family. My father was a no-good scoundrel who always cheated. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, scoundrel. My mother threw him out of the house when I was four. She was the best woman in the world, and I was her husband in some way. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was the only man in the house. I loved her over everything. So, during this time, Mm -hmm. there was a war going on. Mm -hmm. Bombing raids on their hometown in... Amstetten. Um, so Fredsel's mother, she refused to take shelter in um, in like the air raid shelter. She was like, I'm not doing it. I'm staying in my house. Okay. So leave me the fuck alone. You know what she would do in current climate? What? She would not abide by any of the rules. Yeah. She wouldn't wear masks during mm-hmm. the coronavirus. She, she wouldn't wear gloves. Out. She would be going out. Be like, I'm going to stand as close to you as I want. I'm going to be licking <laughs> your face if I want. This lady didn't give up. She didn't give a shit. She was like, I'm not going to that shelter. But she would send Yosef into the into the underground shelter of their house instead. Okay. So he would be in this underground shelter for days on end. Mm. And he wouldn't know what was happening. He wouldn't know if people were alive if they were dead like he had no idea so this caused him to have like massive anxiety as a kid which i can i can totally understand um so maria was a little off her rocker okay before world war ii so after she was like super off her rocker um people that knew her said that she always wanted a child but she didn't want the responsibility responsibilities associated with having one. Okay. But Maria was trying to prove a point. Like, okay. I'm not barren. I'm going to have a kid just to show everyone that I can have kids. Okay. So um, Maria, who herself had been fostered as, as a child, had him solely in order to prove to the world that she was not infertile. And so Yosef was kind of like uh, a proof child. Gotcha. Like an al- an alibi child. And that was his only function to her. Like, that was it. Um, and as a consequence, he was a burden to her. And she felt like it was she was just forced to look after him. So he didn't that's, really... I mean, sh- that's what parenthood's like. <sighs> you have to watch your kids. Yeah. You gotta watch them. <laughs> and sometimes you don't want to, but you gotta watch them. Yeah. So Maria had a really bad temper. Mm-hmm. And this got her arrested by the Third Reich in Austria in 1945. And she was sent to a concentration camp. Oh, shit. And I looked everywhere to find out what this bitch did. And I could not find out <sighs> what she, I wanted to know so bad. She punched someone in the face. <laughs> I wanted to know so bad what she did. But I couldn't find out. 
Um, so she bit someone's penis off. I hope so. I really hope so. Um, so when she was sent to the concentration camp, Yosef was sent to a orphanage. Okay. They told him that his mom had died. He was 10 years old when this, when this happened. So for this long stretch of time, he thought his mom was dead and his, he didn't know if his dad was alive or dead because he was like fighting in the war. And um, after the war, the Allied forces came in and freed Maria. Okay. So then she went and got Yosef from the orphanage. And so he's like, oh, well, I guess you're not dead. <laughs> I mean, the, the poor 10-year-old, I don't say poor 10-year-old, but he's a, he's a dirtbag. But as a child, you're sent to basements for days on end. You're alone for days on end. Then you're sent to an orphanage. You think your mom is dead. Like, I can see where this can fuck a kid up. Yeah. Like, it sucks. And the abuse didn't stop. Her behavior was more eccentric and more aggressive, and the discipline became more uh, more violent. And this is from Yosef. Quote, she beat me and kicked me until I was lying on the floor bleeding. I had a horrible fear from her. She kept insulting me and told me I was Satan, a criminal, a no good, which is crazy because he literally grows up to be yeah. Satan. Like, it, it came it came true. I felt so weak and humiliated. I never got a kiss from her or even a hug, although I tried very hard to please her. The only thing she did with me was go, was go to church. Oh. So, <laughs> at least they went to church together. Okay. Oh. Mm. At least they went to church together. Okay. So, he went on later to admit to his psychiatrist for... Uh, when he was in prison, that he often fantasized sexual, sexually, like se- sexual thoughts about his mom. Yeah. And domination of his mother. It's kind of like the, um, my mom, mom, what's that guy, Sigmund Freud, where like everyone's yeah. attracted to their opposite sex, <sighs> opposite sex parents. Yeah. But you grow out of it. Yeah. And some people maybe just don't. Yeah. Grow out of it. So... At the age of 15, Fretzel began to develop some really strange sexual habits. First thing he started doing. <laughs> just all of a sudden in my mind, it just, he humped a pillow. He probably did. But in what I read, he started with voyeurism. Okay. So voyeurism is like a peeping Tom. Like you like yeah. to watch other people do stuff. So he would wander around the town of Amstetten. Listening for the noises of couples having sex. <laughs> Which I'm like, this must be a kick-ass town. Everyone's <laughs> just fucking every night. You can just walk out your door and listen. Oh, so he, the original, like, Skinamax. Yeah. Just walk outside. <laughs> Take a stroll. Listen to some sounds of the sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> these... Like in a lot of cases cases of sexual psychopaths, his his sexual behavior started to escalate. He then started to expose himself to Ugh. young women. Like, Ugh. whip his dick out. Be like, look at me. I, I, this is disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. No one wants to see your penis. No one wants to see your penis. Unless I tell you I want to see your penis. They show I, me those penises. I don't want to see your penis. Yeah. There is an element of like, for me, sometimes it's like opening a present. I want to like. Yeah, you want to unwrap it yourself. Yeah. There's this mystery of like, ooh. Yeah. What's it going to be like? But if you whip it out, you've ruined the surprise. Yeah. You've ruined just, the surprise. 
I could have been into it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not. Back to Yosef. <laughs> Back to Yosef. Whipping his dick out. Whipping his dick out. So he, you know, he would run around and like whip its penis out. <laughs> Sorry, the, the hand motion. I'm the like, whipping <laughs> hand motion. Whip I'm making a hand out. motion like I'm whipping my dick around. Okay. <laughs> so after that, he started going to the red light district. Uh-huh. He would pick up uh, sex workers, but he started being really violent, oh. really violent with the sex workers. This violent sex had provided him with a main outlet for his pent up feelings toward his mother. Mm-hmm. So he, he liked it. He enjoyed it. Um, in 1951, when he was 16, he goes to a city in Austria uh, called Linz. And this is where he started studying to become an engineer. Five years after that, he was working at a firm as a technical assistant, and this is where he met his wife, 17-year-old Rosemary Byers. Oh, wow. Rosemary. Uh, and this is like in the 40s, right? 1951. Okay. Yeah. I think it's Rosemary. I, w- I might say Rosemary because I know someone named Rosemary, but I think it's Rosemary. Um, Fritzel told his friends that he was very impressed by her. And that she would make an exceptional wife because she showed incredible obedience. Fuck that. I can't. (laughs) I'm glad it is 2020. I'm such a liberated woman. (laughs) (laughs) We're liberated. Okay. So, they got married. Fritzel and Rosemary. Mm -hmm. And they moved to Amstetten. In a few articles I read, it mentioned his mom. Mm Mm-hmm. And his mother got sick, so she moved in with Rosemary and mm-hmm. Yosef. Mm-hmm. And Fritzel, um, he revealed how their roles gradually reversed, and his mother became to fear her son. Okay. So according to statements by um, some of the family members, Fritzel hurled abuse at his mother and treated her as a prisoner. And she got sick. Mm-hmm. She became bedridden. He put her in a room in their attic. Uh He bricked up the only window that was in the attic where, quote, she would never see daylight again. And he never said how long she was up there, but reports um, have said that she was up there for 20 years. Oh, my fuck. Until she died in 1980. Nobody knew. He, He told everyone that she had died, but she was alive and in the attic. For 20 years? For 20 years. She was in the attic. Like, check on your neighbors, man. Yeah. Check on the old lady. Oh, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Check on your friends, man. I don't know. You know, Maria had to have some kind of girlfriend or something. I don't know. So Um, That would be me. I'm not going to check on anyone. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You better better check on me. I might be in the attic. Do some sleuthing. Yeah, do some sleuthing. So, by 1963, Fretzel... He's 28, um, and Rosemary's 25. They had three children, mm-hmm. two daughters, one son. That year, he his employer sent him on a business trip that actually turned out to be a two-year business trip to Ghana. Okay. That's and, weird. Uh, yeah, that's really weird. And he doesn't return until 1965. So when he comes back on April 8th, 1966, his fourth child, Elizabeth, is born. So, in a lot of things I read, after Elizabeth was born, it just added more stress in his life. And I'm like, duh, you had another kid. Since when does kid not add stress in your life? (laughs) Like, quit having kids if you don't want stress. Kids equal stress. I don't feel sorry for you. 
And so after this, he started reverting back to his predatory sexual habits, which had been dormant while he was away in Ghana for two years. Wait, so he's away for two years and his mom is still in the attic? I guess, so this is... I I couldn't find the time frame um, for all this, but I think this happened after he came back. Okay. So I think... Okay. After he came back, his mom got sick, gotcha. stuck her in the attic. But okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Rosemary was like feeding her shit through the door. I don't know. Yeah, we'll so come back to Rosemary. Okay. We'll come back to her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to her. So uh, Fritz, Fritzl's sexual violence kept progressing. And in 1967, he saw a woman coming out of a grocery store. He followed her home. He waited till she fell asleep. And crawled in her window, held her at knife point, raped her in her bed while her infant child was asleep in the crib next to her. Mm. Yeah. Uh, And a court gave him 18 months. What the fuck? 18 months. 18 months in prison for raping a mother. At knife point. At knife point. Right next to her child. Like... I don't know what the fuck is happening. I don't know how many times. I know it's a different time now, but it's still not. Uh, sexual assault leads to more, like, it leads to murder. Um, Like, like my whole fucking story. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, I just don't understand. And after 10 years, so in Austria, mm-hmm. after 10 years, your record is completely expunged. What? I don't think it's like that now. Okay. But in 1967... This is what it was. So after 10 years, it was like this rape never happened. He had no background. Yeah. Which is insane to me. Um, By the time, let's see. So 1972, the Fretzels had their seventh and last kid for a final tally of three girls and four boys. Fucking seven kids, man. I can't. I can't imagine. I'm struggling right now with one. Yeah. I'm struggling. I right feel now like with though, if you have that many kids, that the just you just. I guess I'm, I've heard people say after three, it's like it doesn't even phase you anymore. Yeah, it's, it's just, just another human in the house. Yeah, and like maybe you have more hands to help you at that point. It's like yeah. you go change your that child's diaper. Yeah. I don't even know that child's <laughs> name. Hey, well. can, hey, can you give me a glass of wine? Thank you. Number four, <laughs> help number seven. Number four. <laughs> Or help number seven. That's awesome. Um, so he also got a really good reputation as an engineer and he got really rich. So he had a lot of money. So he decided fun. to... Huh? I said fun. Yeah. Lots of money. Wish I knew that uh, feeling. <laughs> but I don't. I mean, your Rona check didn't like just leave you. <laughs> well, actually, I'm going to say after the Rona check, I got more money now than we ever have had yeah. recently. Have you gotten your uh, your welcome letter? My welcome. Oh, I got that welcome letter for Trump. I sure did. I don't. I, I'm not even gonna say anything. But yes, I got my welcome letter. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I don't like Trump, but I'll take his check. Yeah. Fuck. I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tear my check up. I'm. I'm not gonna do all that. Yeah. I'm gonna take it. Thank you. Um. Okay. So he had all this money, so he decided to invest in property. He bought some guest houses, bought some restaurants, and he bought a forty bedroom, three story hotel. Okay. He was just he was just he actually made smart choices. Yeah, he did make smart cho- choices. 
Six years later, Fritzl started a huge renovation to his home, which included a massive labyrinth cellar under the outside rear of the house. Why on earth does anybody need a massive labyrinth cellar in their house? Like, I, he told everyone it was a bomb shelter. Okay. That's what he was using it for. It was a bomb shelter. And everyone believed him. Yeah. I mean, Our, if someone was like, hey, do you want a massive labyrinth cellar? I'd be like, yeah, fuck, sure, whatever. I mean, yeah. But for this guy? Yeah. Creeper. Yeah. Um, so... Around this time, he started having severe obsession toward his daughter, Elizabeth, who was 12 at the time. He had oh. other kids and he had other daughters, so I don't know why. And I couldn't find out why he singled out her. Did she look like his mom? I don't know. I couldn't find a picture of his mom. Oh. But I don't know. Maybe. maybe maybe he associated something with her, reminded yeah. him of his mom. I don't know. In 1981, he started exposing himself to her, and he would leave pornographic magazines under her pillow. Ew. Yeah. Disgusting. Her friends at school said that um, she became extremely introverted. She always liked school. She always liked friends, um, but then she kind of started slowly declining, and her friends knew something was wrong, but no one ever asked her what was happening, what's going on. This um this cellar that he built was specifically he built this cellar to lock away Elizabeth. So when he got out of prison for his rape, that's when he started planning this this cellar wow thing. He'd been planning it for years. Um, and you can tell by the way I have a picture of it. It's insane. Yeah. You can tell by the way that it was built. It was built for him to have total total control of whoever was in the cellar. I want to see the picture. Oh, my God. It's insane. I'll show you in a minute. Okay. I'll show you. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Elizabeth, um, basically being sexually abused by her father, she had a friend and sh- they ran away to Vienna. Okay. So, I'm like, oh, thank you. Yay. But because she was underage, the police found her and returned her back to her father. Oh, no. They, they took her back. And Fritzl said, quote, I'll never let you run away again. Which is very ominous. Mm. So in May of 1984, Elizabeth told her dad that she was moving to Lynn's to live with her sister. I was like, yay, get away, (laughs) run. And this didn't do anything to help um, his obsession. Mm -hmm. So on August 28th, 1984, Yosef asks Elizabeth to come out to the garage with him to help him lift a door. A fucking door, really? Do it yourself. A fucking a door, yeah. That was for the cellar, mm. yeah. So she did, and then after they did that, he was like, I, "I need to have a private talk with you in my office." So they went into the office, and when her back was turned, <clears throat> he put a chloroformed soaked rag on her face yeah. and knocked her out. He then carried her to the cellar. He handcuffed her and chained her to a, a ring that was on the floor. Mm-hmm. And she would be in that basement for over two decades. What the fuck? Two decades. This basement, or the cellar, this labyrinth, was disgusting. It was dank, uh-huh. humid, bug and rodent infested. Mm. It had a toilet, a bed, and a TV. And no sunlight. There were no windows whatsoever. Yeah. 
So they, it's like this little living room area. And then down this hallway were like two bedrooms. Mm -hmm. But to even get to where he put Elizabeth, you would have had to walk through eight locked doors. Oh, wow. Before you even got to the door that went into Elizabeth. And this door was hidden behind a bookshelf. Oh, wow. And had a, a code, like a little key lock. So if you didn't yeah. know what you were looking for, you would have never known that it was there. Wow. The whole entire place, the walls were covered in cork, like thick cork. Oh, shit. Because he wanted it to be soundproof. Uh-huh. Um, so F- Fritzel made Elizabeth write a letter to her family mm-hmm. saying that she had joined a satanic cult. What? It worked. Her friends, um, I saw, I watched a documentary where they talked to some of her friends and they were like, we all knew this was bullshit. Elizabeth only had like one or two really good friends. So it's not like she was out here on the streets running around with a satanic cult. Yeah. Like that wasn't even a situation that, that would have happened. Her dad wouldn't let her go out and do anything. Her dad was super controlling and abusive. So they were like, that's bullshit. We know this didn't happen. Um, and the cops, like, you know, they came in and they did a little bit of, th- but the letter came and a year after that, they closed the case and it was done. No one looked oh, for shit. her. No one did anything. Nothing. So do you think, I know the timeline of the mom is a little wonky, but do yeah. you think at some point he had both his daughter in the basement and his mom in like the Like a attic? crossover? Yeah. Um. So his mom died in nineteen eighty. And Elizabeth, um, when he locked her in the basement, it was 1984. Okay. No. But at some point, Elizabeth was in the house with her yeah. <laughs> grandma upstairs. Yeah. I wonder if she knew. It's crazy. It's so crazy. It's so um, So, Joseph Fretzel. Okay. Let's go back. Okay. Okay. I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. My husband is beating the shit out of me because he, he beat Rosemary. Okay. Every day. My oh yeah, I totally forgot about the mom. Yeah, I just, <laughs> just assumed she wasn't around. <laughs> yeah, like one of my daughters goes missing, and then a note shows up that says she's in a satanic cult. Get the fuck out of here! No, get the fuck out of here! Like I, I know she was probably in a really messed up situation, and her husband probably had her on a tight leash too, but I don't know. It's insane to me. Yeah, no, open your eyes. Like, it is insane to me. Like. I, I don't know if she, maybe she kind of had an idea of what was going on, but just like didn't want to, didn't want to cause any trouble. I'm sorry. Even if she did think her child ran off with a satanic cult. Yeah. You go f- stop your child from being in a satanic cult. I would go at that <laughs> satanic cult with everything I had. I'm coming for you. Go I get am my coming kid for you. So my question is. What is, what is the, I want to know what is going through that mom's head so bad. Yeah. I could not find not one sentence that this woman put out. Nothing. She said nothing about anything. Wow. I only found like two pictures of her. Joseph Fretzel would rape his daughter over 3,000 times over the 24 years that she was in the cellar. Wow. 3,000 times. Unrelated. Yes. But semi-related. So, I was once asked by someone, um, so this was like in college, this kid was super young, and I don't know why he 
wanted to ask me this. But anyway, instead of asking, like, have you had sex before? Yeah. He asked me how many times I had had sex before. I was like, that is a really fucking weird question. That's a weird question. A none your business. Yeah. What the fuck are you asking me like, that for? I was like, I didn't. Ca- I haven't. Ca- and B, count. do I look like I'm right here running around having sex with everyone? Well, no, it, there was absolutely no, like, uh. He was just like, how just... many people have you had sex with? <laughs> I don't know. It, no, it wasn't how many people. It was how many times oh, I had. How many times? How many times? <laughs> Who I counts? Know. I know. It's like I can't tell. I could tell you how many people. I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> how many times? Oh my god! <laughs> like I could estimate. Well, for clearly you. that guy hadn't had a lot of sex if he could count. Yeah, it, it was super adorable. He was just like a, a really young kid oh, trying to. Was this your friend or just some random? No. He was he was like a college friend. Okay. So he was just like this this oh, little guy. baby of a guy, Darnell. Little baby. He was super I was like, oh and then he had a kid. I was like, oof. Alright, well we know he like, had sex once. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um so Yosef Fretzel would do really disgusting things to his daughter down there in that basement. He would play out uh Porn, porn mm-hmm. movies. So he had um, a TV and a VCR. That's why the TV was down there. Yeah, he would put um, the Ugh. like the smut films or whatever mm-hmm. in the, and he would make her like do whatever they were doing on TV. Yeah, mm. it was it's so disgusting. So the first five years, she was completely by herself down in this basement. She was she was. There's, there's more people coming. Oh yeah, oh yeah. She was all by herself five years the okay. only time she would ever see anyone was when her dad would come down and rape her Mm-mm. that was the only time he would come down and give her food while everyone upstairs so you gotta understand this guy still has a family upstairs oh yeah a full-blown family they got six kids they had rosemary and yosef had seven kids yeah one of which is in the basement so he still has a family upstairs yeah so he has to completely sneak around when he goes to his downstairs family it's insane. So, of course, with all this raping going on, she starts having kids. Her first, so her first was a miscarriage, um, which is awful. Her, her next was 1988, and she had a baby named Kirsten. When she was pregnant, she was by herself. Her mm-hmm. father didn't call a nurse or doctors or anything. Yeah. She was completely by herself. Her dad gave her a 1960s book on childbirth, uh-huh. a rag, and a pair of dirty scissors, and left her alone. Oh, and a few wet wipes. Oh. And that was it. She was completely by herself. She gave birth a total of seven times. <gasps> seven times she had kids by her dad. Did they all, like, live? Um, I'll let you know. Okay. Um, okay. So her second child was born in 1990 and his name was Stefan. Stefan grew, um, he, he was really tall. Stefan mm-hmm. was like five, eight. The cellar was only about five, six. Okay. So he couldn't even walk standing up straight. Aww. So he grew up to have a like severe back misalignment because he was always hunched over when he was walking around. Yeah. So he had all kinds of back and neck issues that he dealt with later in life. In August of 1992, her third child was born and her name was Lisa. She was born with a heart defect 
and she cried all the time because she was a sick baby. Yeah. And Yosef was scared that someone was going to hear her. So what he did, he made Elizabeth write this phony letter, puts a letter with the kid, with Lisa, in a cardboard box and put it on their front porch. So Rosemary, okay. the Elizabeth's mom, found the baby on the front on the front steps and okay. the note i don't know it the note was like i can't i'm i'm still in the satanic cult uh-huh. don't look for me but here's my kid i can't take care of her so they adopted her okay they adopted the baby so this kid lived a, a somewhat relatively normal life even though joseph was the crazy asshole dad she was still you know yeah she wasn't in the basement even more craziest thing that so they adopted this kid um and i don't know i guess it's called i hear it's like social services they come to your house and they Mm -hmm. check on everything they made regular visits to this house to check on this kid and they never saw anything they never saw anything out of the ordinary even though there was a completely whole different family living downstairs yeah no one ever saw anything so elizabeth she tried her hardest to normalize the situation for Aww. her kids. Yeah. She woke up every day. She cooked them breakfast. She taught them how to read, taught them how to write, was teaching them math. Like, yeah, she really tried with these, with these kids. And I was thinking like when I was researching this, however sick it, it sounds, I bet she was glad to have yeah, these children with her. Yeah. Cause I would. Yeah. If you're by yourself completely, like, my God, I don't know. So during this time, her dad was still coming down and raping her anytime he felt like it. And this was a 350 square foot place that they were in. Oh, shit. It's tiny. Yeah. So when her dad would come down and rape her, yeah, the kids were right there. You couldn't hide it. So all her kids were witnessing the raping of their mother mm. by their grandfather. Dad. Dad. Grandfather. Dad. <laughs> Is it both? It's both. It's both. That's so disgusting. December 16th, 1994, her fourth child is born, Monica. Uh-huh. So she was taken upstairs just like Lisa was. Okay. With another crazy stupid note from Elizabeth that was fake. Mm-hmm. So there was another kid upstairs. In April of 1996, she gave birth to twins, Michael and Alexander. Michael was born with um, a really bad breathing problem at birth. Okay. So he actually died in Elizabeth's arms. Oh. He lived, I think, for like four hours, oh. and then he died. So Yosef um, threw him into a furnace. <gasps> yeah, after he died, which is heartbreaking. And, yeah. Yeah, man. It's rough. And Alexander was taken upstairs. What the fuck? Why is he even taking the kids upstairs? Well, some he takes upstairs and some he leaves downstairs. So I, I, I don't know why. I don't know if he was. Picked. What the fuck is with Rosemary? I don't know, man. I, this is, is my thing, Rosemary. I do not want to blame this chick, but she is really pissing me off. Yeah. Like after the third fucking kid that shows up my doorstep, I would be like, Can we install a camera (laughs) so I can see when my kid is dropping off? She's got seven kids of her own. Yeah. And she's taking it all these. Girl, 
please. I can't. Like, she's got to know something. Yeah. Like, that's weird. That's weird. I know. It's so weird. My eyeballs are hurting. I, uh, I can't. So, in 2002, Elizabeth gives birth to her seventh and last child, a boy named Felix. Okay. So, like, Yosef had seven kids. Yeah. And then Elizabeth had seven kids. Yeah. So, it was this, like, weird... Like mirrored image, yeah. It was just, it's just crazy. So Fritzel, Joseph Fritzel, he was really attached to Felix for whatever reason. He liked Felix, so he wanted to, um, he wanted to get him upstairs, mm-hmm. and he wanted to merge the two families together. Oh, I don't know how. I don't know what he was planning in his brain. Um. But he actually had planned on releasing Elizabeth in 2008, right when Felix was supposed to start school. Okay. He wanted to, like, bring everyone together. Big old happy family. Big old happy family. But karma does exactly what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. 100% of the fucking time. Yeah. Because this asshole was not about to get away with anything. Before this could happen, uh-huh. before he could release all these kids... <laughs> Um, the 19 year old Kirsten, the firstborn child, she became deathly sick and she okay. was almost, she was almost comatose. Oh, wow. She was excessively sweating. She had unusually white skin. She, she basically had symptoms of kidney failure. Okay. What's happening to her. And all Elizabeth had to treat her was aspirin. That's okay. all she had in the cellar. So Elizabeth begged and begged Yosef to, to take her to the hospital and she told Yosef, if my kid dies, if Kirsten dies, I'm, I'm, I will kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. And so he he does. He caves and takes her to the hospital. Yeah. Um. So when the doctor saw her, this girl, they were all shocked. Yeah. Like this girl who was 19 years old who looked like nine or ten. Like she yeah. was extremely malnourished. She was very tiny and small for her age. Mm-hmm. She um, all she almost had no teeth. Oh, wow. Like, she didn't have any dental hygiene, so her teeth yeah. fell out. Um, and she had an extreme vitamin D deficiency because yeah. she had no light downstairs. And she had, um, had a habit of ripping her hair out. So she had, like, huge... Like, so, I mean, doctors were like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is crazy. And the doctors also noticed, like, some things that they see in people that have incestual relationships. Okay. So, they were, like, immediately, like, something's not right. Like, this this is weird. So, Yosef told the doctors that he was Kirsten's grandfather. But the doctor kept, like, asking him, we need to know where the mom is. We need to know, like, her genetic background so we could get a hold on like what's happening with this child mm-hmm. but he wouldn't say anything like nothing um so to try and figure out like the they wanted to charge the mom with neglect so this is when the police got involved and they wanted to find the girl's mother so they put an appeal on mm-hmm. television like a national tele- televised appeal for elizabeth to come home and save her daughter so elizabeth Thank so how'd they know it was Elizabeth? So Yosef told the doctors oh, okay. that she was in a satanic cult. Gotcha. And she dropped her kid off. Couldn't okay. take care of it. So Elizabeth, thank goodness, saw this on mm-hmm. TV while she was in the cellar. Yeah. And when the dad came back, she 
begged. She was like, "You have, I've got to save her. You got to take me to the hospital. You got to take me." To-. And he did. He was like, "Okay, All okay, right. yeah." So when she got to the hospital, they immediately arrested her. They arrested okay. her, and they interrogated her. I think it said like for up to three hours, and she didn't say a word. Like she was saying nothing. And the cops, she was telling about her daughter, but she wasn't telling anyone about, I've been locked in a basement for 24 years. Her first words that she said to the cops Uh is, nobody's going to believe me. That was the first thing she said. And they didn't. Like, she started telling the story, and the cops did not believe her. But the more detail she, she was giving them, the more they started to believe her. Yeah. So she finally told the cops... The cops were like, if you don't tell us what's going on, we're going to take all your kids. We're going to take them all. So that's when she finally, she told everything. They arrested Yosef Fretzel and freed the children in the cellar. Yay. They freed them all. Fretzel initially pleaded not guilty of the crimes, including rape, false imprisonment, and and deprivation of liberty. How on earth are you going to plead not guilty? There's... Clearly no yeah. rational reason for you to have your kids in the basement and for you to be raping your daughter. Mm. Like, I don't know. But his excuse was that he was saving her from a life that he knew was bad. Like she was going down mm-hmm. a bad path and no. he was saving her was his rational rationalization. Yeah. When Elizabeth was being interrogated, she Uh said, I'll tell you everything as long as I never, ever have to see my father again. And they were like, done, done. Tell us everything. So during, um, during the court session, Uh he thought Elizabeth wasn't going to show up and Elizabeth didn't want to show up. So what she did was they all agreed to have a testimony Mm -hmm. with the, prosecutor and the defendant asking her questions and they videotaped the whole thing okay and then they showed it to the jury and the judge okay this was an 11 hour process oh wow 11 hours the details were so horrible that they had to take frequent breaks yeah because it was just it was just too much yeah well elizabeth showed up oh wow good yes the chick is she's fucking tough she's man amazing so she showed up to face her dad. And when Yosef Fritzel saw his daughter, he immediately changed his plea to guilty. Mm-hmm. And he began to cry uncontrollably. What the fuck? Yeah. He was sentenced to life in prison. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> no expunging here. Yeah. Life in prison. So I tried to see if he was still alive. But the uh-huh. last thing I saw was in 2019. So in, in 2019, he was still alive. Okay. But his health was declining. He has dementia. Okay. suffers from dementia and all the inmates no one likes him he he got the shit beat out of him like every day when he first got in there because yeah. he was an asshole so um raper. yeah Rapist. so he never comes out of a cell he doesn't talk to anybody he basically his inmates are like he's he's checked out already he's just waiting to die yeah which good good goodbye so when elizabeth fritzel was when she finally escaped she was 42 oh she was 42. She went down. Well, she didn't go down. She was forced in that basement at 18. And Aww. she did not leave until 42 years old. Some of these kids down in this basement were born in the basement. They never yeah. saw the sky. They never saw rain. They never saw snow. They did. They don't want to they don't know what birds are. Yeah. So when the kids were released, 
and they are in the back of the cop car driving down the road, they are just like in total shock of seeing a fucking tree. Yeah. Like they, they, I mean, just to think about it is, is, is crazy. Yeah. Her daughter, Kirsten, 19, Mm -hmm. her son, Stefan was 18 and Felix five. They required, I think they had like four to eight years of intensive therapy to recover from this whole situation. And other psychiatrists concluded that they would never be able to have normal lives. No. They would never be able to recover. The doctors reunited the Fritzl family later that week. Uh And Elizabeth Fritzl's three other children, two girls age 16 and 15 and a 12-year-old boy who were living in the upstairs family, uh-huh. saw their mother and their other siblings for the first time. Aww. Dr. Burhard Keplinger, uh-huh. the director of the Amstetten Clinic where the family was being cared for, said that Elizabeth Fretzel and her mother, Rosemarie, they hugged each other for a very long time when they first saw each other. Uh-huh. But later, like now, their relationship is very very strained yeah which i can completely understand because rosemary is probably just fucking like whatever like rosemary walked around that house for 24 years with her daughter underneath her feet yeah like you cannot tell me that that bitch didn't know something yeah. i'm sorry this shit gets me mad as hell also there was a mom in the attic at some point <laughs> exactly <laughs> like i don't know man i'm not i'm trying not to be judgy right now but I can't help it. I can't help. I can't help being judgy. So Kirsten Fritzel, she Mm -hmm. suffered from a form of epilepsy that's linked to incest. Yeah. So she was on a respirator um, and she was in a clinically induced coma for a long period of time after that whole situation. And for both of the younger boys, as they were in the hospital, they, um, they would, they would have like these manic, episodes because they had been in such a confined space for such a long period of time so the doctors built this like um like a little dark box Mm. this little dark container so that if they ever started like freaking out they could crawl in this like dark hole and it would like calm them down which is really sad yeah so elizabeth and the children are still undergoing therapy intensive therapy which is understandable they all suffer from anxiety panic attacks i think it's ptsd oh absolutely when they hear like a sound of a door closing or they hear like a lock Uh they freak out which um i understand yeah but elizabeth Uh found love in the bodyguard that was hired by the government to protect her oh yes so in i'm gonna cry it's so sad. Oops. Don't cry. Don't cry. Yeah. In this town in in Austria, they have this village that they call Village X. So this okay. village is monitored 24-7. They have CTTV uh-huh. running all the time. It's guarded, and that's where this family lives. Okay. Because after the news broke, they had reporters and just like, oh. it was going crazy. So yeah. they still are living somewhat of a seclusion. A secluded life even yeah. now but one of the bodyguards they fell in love Aww. and they're they're like living together now in village x Yay. they're all living together Aww. and he's also 
24 years younger than she is. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, I mean, she's been... Yeah. Her older dad been raping her for... I mean, I can understand why you'd want a younger man. Right? I don't know. Well, she's also probably, like... She was... She was 42 and he was 29? Well, also, like... She was secluded at... She went down in the basement at such a young age that she yeah. probably isn't that oh I mean that's what, that's what she's attracted to because that's the last thing she saw yeah like like she's not as I mean, you mature as you yeah go about your day so I mean it's nice at the end there's like a maybe a little yeah. happy ending to the story so clit notes clit notes Good notes, good notes. Let's see. What you got? What do I have for my clit notes? Okay, so Wikipedia, as always, huge source. Um, and then I got, there was a really nice vulture um, article on the whole uh, American Sniper Punisher thing. Um, so that's vulture.com. And then also... There was an article on ScreenRant.com, Time.com, which was mainly talking about how the Punisher is, um, how popular it is in Iraq. Yeah. And then um, when I was trying to look up the percentage of military, ex-military in the police uh, force, I went to Quora.com, uh-huh. which is basically people just asking questions and then other people answer it. So right. it's not a very viable source, but that's where um, I got that information. Uh, John Bernthal's uh, interview with Esquire. So that was Esquire.com. And then um, also Inverse.com had a great article or great interview with Jerry Conway awesome the creator um and then bbc.com cool yep those are my my clit notes notes. all right so my clit notes let's see what i have here i got a lot of stuff on Mm medium.com i also got stuff from theguardian.com i got some info from belfastgraph.co.uk Ooh, yeah, that was a fancy, fancy site. <laughs> and always Murderpedia, my favorite <laughs> site ever, yeah. ever in life. Murderpedia! <laughs> Woo! Clit notes! Clit notes. <laughs> um, so we got to say all our, our things. Thank you guys so much for listening to our episode. Hope you liked it. Make it's- sure you follow us on all the things. Yes. So Instagram, we are kill us now underscore podcast. On Twitter, we are at kill us now pod. And we've got kill us now podcast at gmail.com. Yes. If you got questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Hit us up. Kill us now podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or Twitter, wherever. Or Twitter. Hit us up on all the things. Yeah. Send us all your thoughts. Let us know what you think of the all the things. 
Let us know. Let us know. Um, rate and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. Yes. yes. So that way we can get up on the things and people can listen to us more. Yeah. Hit that yeah. star. Hit that star. Make a comment. <laughs> I don't I don't have Apple, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the little stars. Hit yeah. whatever you want to. Leave a comment. We'd love to, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love yeah. it. Yeah. Yay. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.